You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here with Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs joining us today. And Stephen, let's start. You know, we're going to talk, talk some baseball. Also, it's great. We are now fully in spring sports season, right? Spring mm-hmm. football is happening. I guess once that wraps up, we can really truly and fully dive in to spring sports, but the transfer portal is going to maybe throw a wrench into that. <laughs> so I feel like now is the right time to appreciate it. I'm glad you're here because – you know, I'm I, I'm part of the spring madness. I call Richmond Spiders baseball on the weekends, so I don't always get to see a lot of what's happening in the Bay 12 and Diamond Sports because I'm calling some Diamond Sports mm-hmm. my own. So we're very glad to have you on the show today. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, we we've talked about it before on the crossover episodes. I mean, football has really become a year-round event in a lot of ways, but. Uh, it's nice to have baseball and softball along with the other spring sports going on. And yeah, if you're just kind of tuning in, I get it can be overwhelming. There's already been like 30 plus games and softball, even more than that. But uh, yeah, we can help you get caught up. And there's still plenty of uh, baseball and softball to come over the next few weeks. Yeah, let's start with the big story over the weekend in Diamond Sports. And also, you know, kind of one of the bigger stories in all of college sports this weekend, Oklahoma had their 40-game winning streak snap. Now, they're 38-1 and this year, but it goes back to last year when they were down one game in the Women's College World Series. They took two, uh, the final two games from FSU to win the College World Series last year. They ripped off 38 straight wins. And I'm not sure if you saw it, but Texas celebrated and rightfully so like they just won the Super Bowl Texas <laughs> beat Oklahoma in softball for the first time since 2014 wow. today uh, uh, or this past weekend yeah. so you know it's kind of your thoughts on a, on a 38 game winning streak especially in a diamond sport that's like unheard of no it's insane and I mean Oklahoma has been so dominant for so many years with this team appears to be another level you know they've won so many games via the run rule as well but Anybody who understands baseball and softball knows, you know, you can have a random day where your pitcher's just not in the zone or just have, doesn't have their best stuff. Uh, your bats kind of go quiet. You're in a you're in a close game and and you and you lose a, a silly one or you know you blow a lead late. And to just rip off 38 straight and, and more than that when you include you know, the last two of last season in the national championship series. Is uh, is wild. I remember Baylor had them on the ropes a few weeks ago. Yeah, they they walked uh, them off. <laughs> yeah, they walked them off, and you just thought, man, maybe that was the moment. If they could escape that, they could go all the way. Couldn't quite do it, but um, Oklahoma softball is uh, it's insane. It's it's crazy what they've done. They're the most dominant probably program in the Big Twelve at the moment, and uh, hats off to them for going almost you know going the distance in some ways and. Yeah, big. I mean, big moment for Texas. Like, I get it. You knock off a team like that, that's a huge deal. But, again, it kind of feeds into that <laughs> narrative of UT just sort of uh, not really being itself, being the, the right. big flagship university it's supposed to be. But uh, big time accomplishment for them to, to knock off OU, even if it's only in a single game. Well, I, I just tally it. I think I got this right. I think OU won 31 of these games by run rule. Man. Um, and and prefacing that win for Texas, Texas had been shut out three nothing, 
and then had gotten run ruled the day before, mm-hmm. before they finally got the job done, the four two win, I believe it was in the final game. So yeah, I mean this group. Now the funny thing is this, that OU is no longer, they're not at the top of the standings anymore. Oklahoma state, the cowgirls, <laughs> are, they're 11 and one. They are the top of the standings now. But um, yeah, I think just across the board, we can all really appreciate, you know, what OU softball has done. And, and I mean, you know, I think that Steven, this question we'll probably talk about tomorrow night, but like, is there a more dominant program in any, in any sport? I mean, not just across the big 12, but like nationwide, it's like, this is, you know, this is the most dominant sport we've seen right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not, it's not slowing down. No, I mean, unless there's one that I'm missing, um, I can't think of it. And honestly, you know, we, we've seen basketball teams going crazy runs, obviously UConn, and women's basketball had those insane winning streaks. But um, as we sort of laid out here, it's just so much harder to do in baseball and softball. Like, oh, you tweeted, I saw this yesterday. They were like, hey, we won the series, which is really like, that's the goal. <laughs> right. When you're take when two you're or three, playing, right? Yeah, you take yeah. two or three in a diamond sport. Like, that's what you want to do. You just kind of keep it rolling. Eventually, that piles up to a really good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been sweeping everybody. So, um, really interesting and, and great accomplishment that they had. I can't really think of a more dominant program. And, yeah, Oklahoma State. Uh, enjoy all you can, I guess, before that that Bedlam series later on this year. Uh, all right, quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That's built.com to see the latest Built Bar flavors that are available. They've got mint brownie, coconut, and coconut almond. Built Bars of 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, as well as 17 grams of of protein once again built.com today it's built.com promo code lock 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 lock 15 at built.com today for 15 percent off so steven right now as we get into this baseball conversation across the big 12 in the top 10 right now oklahoma state checks in at number three texas tech at number nine and texas at number 10, TCU has gotten themselves back in the top 25. They're at number 21 in the country right now. So I believe it's the, yeah, it's the four teams that are ranked. Kind of the four teams we thought, right? It's, it's what mm-hmm. we thought. But one thing has emerged. Oklahoma State at the top of the conference. West Virginia had their week. They had their little run. Mm-hmm. That was That was nice. Um, but Oklahoma State is, is kind of now taking over. They're nine and three in the conference. And the big difference to me, 26 and 10 overall. But the real big difference is they're 10 and three on the road, right? They've they've yeah. stacked up double, double digit road victories. And that's they've gotten this thing done. That's what makes this team a bit different than everybody else. Yeah, Josh. I mean, they've just been the most consistent team in the league. Um, they haven't really hit the meat of their schedule yet. You know, they, they play TCU this weekend, and they'll have series with Tech and uh, Texas later on. But still, the way they've gotten this done has been really impressive. Um, they got swept by Gonzaga early in the year, but really since then they've run off six straight series wins. Uh, they took two or three from Vandy in the opening weekend of the season. Justin Campbell is their ace. He kind of anchors that staff. He's been around there for a little while now, um, and he's doing some great things on Friday night for them. Uh, and then they have some pitching depth, which is really what I would say among the rest of the Big 12 schools um, nobody else can really say that as far as starting pitching depth throughout the weekend. Texas thought they had it. They really just haven't shown it yet um, throughout the season. But Bryce Osmond's been really good for them on Sundays. Uh, their lineup is 
you know, you look at the batting averages, nothing really pops off the page, but they can go yard. Um, they get timely hits. They sort of, you know, move down the line. They work a lot of walks. They're a patient team at the plate. So um, they look good. And that was an impressive win. You, know, you mentioned West Virginia. They've been sort of the big surprise of the year so far. They swept Baylor and Morgantown. They took two or three from TCU and Fort Worth. Um, Randy Maisie, he has a fun club. Like they run uh, a lot. They steal a lot of bases. You know, it's kind of an old school sort of small ball team that's trying to manufacture runs. Um, I feel like when it's all said and done, they're going to be, you know, sort of middle of the pack in the Big 12. But I feel like they've equipped themselves well so far. Uh, but Oklahoma State going on the road to West Virginia and taking two or three was impressive. And they look to be uh, the best team in the league right now. You know, we'll see as that schedule gets tougher what happens. But I'm not super worried about it. I mean, as I sort of said, they played good teams in non-conference play. And honestly, other than that Gonzaga series, they handled it well. So um, they'll drop a series at some point, I'm sure. But I think they have uh, the most potential to kind of run through the rest of the regular season and be pretty steady. They've done this quietly, but they've um, started racking up some wins and, and it's put them at the top of the league right now. And then on the, you know, on the TCU side, TCU has now gotten themselves uh, to second mm-hmm. in the conference now at 10 and five um, overall, they're 24 and two. They've won three straight games coming off a sweep this weekend of the Texas tech red Raiders. Uh, talk about what led to that sweep and kind of what keyed TCU. Cause it felt like they really hadn't met expectations up to that point. Yeah, I was pretty shocked. They were three and seven um, going into that series in their last 10 games. And, you know, I mean, obviously, like baseball's a long season, you have some lulls, but it wasn't so much that they lost a couple of series to West Virginia and Texas in the weekends. It was that they got, I mean, they got waxed by Dallas Baptist on a Tuesday night, and they're traditionally a pretty good team, mm-hmm. but still, you would like to see a better effort. They got beat by Abilene Christian and uh, UTSA the week before that in some midweek games. Um, and the bats had just gone silent. Like they were not hitting at all. Uh, they've had an injury to their pitching staff, Austin Crow, who was supposed to be their ace all year long. He's dealing with a shoulder issue. So he's been out for a couple of weeks now. Um, so they're sort of limping into that series against tech. And I mean, tech is, you know, what Tim Tadlock has done has been super impressive, but um, they're able to get a sweep. And, uh, you know, Tommy Sacco hit a home run on Thursday night to tie the game at two. And it felt like that just kind of opened the floodgates for them um, as far as hitting the ball. You know, they started getting some extra base hits, uh, started piling up some runs, ended up winning that game Thursday, held on on Friday in a pretty crazy um, controversial ending. Umpire called a balk on River Ridings with the bases loaded and (laughs) Tech actually tied the game. But then they had a meeting and the second base umpire said, no, he stepped off. So he's, he's good. They sent everybody back and then, um, he was able to get a ground out to get out of that, out of that jam, but uh, we're pretty dominant on Saturday to close that series. So impressive uh, for them. You know, I think there's some limitations with this team. Um, they don't have a lot of great bats. They hit the ball well this weekend, but typically the way they're going to score runs is by getting a lot of free passes, you know, grinding out at bats, working some walks, um, finding ways to get base runners on in some non-traditional scenarios. And I just think when you face frontline pitching, that that that's not a recipe for success. And that's proven to be the case so far this year. 
But, you know, now they're 10-5 and five in conference play. It, the schedule's really weird. It's staggered. you got teams that have played – you know, TCU's played 15 conference games. Some teams have played nine. Some teams have played 12. Right. But point being, if they find a way in Stillwater to pull out a series against Oklahoma State, well, then suddenly they're kind of in the driver's seat with six games left to maybe have a chance to win a Big 12 title, which, you know, I mean, that would be surprising given how they've they played at times this year. But um, we'll see what happens, you know, starting on Friday night. That's going to be a big series. Uh, yeah, huge bounce back, though, for TCU. And maybe that's just what they need to get their mojo going. I, I had sort of given up on them being in the Big 12 title hunt, but they uh, they put themselves right back in the mix with a sweep attack over the weekend. Texas is the big school because it feels like if anybody's got the, the puncher's chance, well, not puncher's chance, they've got a the chance of being above a puncher's chance to win a title, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, t- Tennessee right now and uh, Oregon State just seem to be way yeah. ahead of the pack. Tennessee mm-hmm. especially. I, I, I caught some of them actually last week when they were playing my Missouri Tigers, and it felt like mm-hmm. – Tennessee didn't score many runs, but they won all three games. And it's like, damn, the timely hitting, yeah. it's, un- it's unreal. But if any if any school out of the Big 12 pack is going to make a push, I feel like if you get to Omaha, you're kind of in the mix. It's Texas. They're first in the league in terms of you know hitting. They're first in the league in pitching. I mean, why has it not manifested itself in wins? Yeah, I, I can't make any sense of Texas, Josh. I really don't know They're six great and six. answer. You know, they're 6-6 six and six in Big 12 play. Um, Ivan Melendez is maybe the best player in college baseball. Like he's unbelievable. Um, Trey Faltini's really good there at short. You know, Douglas Hodo, um, Skyler Messinger. We can go down the list. They got a lot of guys. This is my point. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the way that they hit is, is super. Is, who's this kid? Murphy Stell? Steel? How you pronounce his name? Yes, uh, Stell. Murphy Steely? Stell. Yeah, Steely? yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's he's really good in that lineup as well. Um. They got a lot of guys that can rake. And then, you know, their pitching staff led by Tristan Steve, uh, you know, Pete mm-hmm. Hansen and Tristan Stevens. Um, that should be a combination that should work really well. Now, Stevens has struggled at times this year. He hasn't been um, as consistent as you would want. But, man, I mean, it felt like they were starting to get on a roll. You know, they, they took two out of three from TCU in Austin. They go on the road to a K-State team that was, I think, one and eight going into that series. And they lose two of those games in Manhattan. And, you know, that game on, uh, I guess it was Friday, wasn't really even particularly close. Um, so I still, like, I still believe in them because in my mind, they're the team that could rip off like 12 or 13 in a row just because mm-hmm. they have the talent to do it. And the schedule does kind of lighten up for them um, the rest of the way. Uh, but it's just, I could, I could see what, you know, I see why you go to Lubbock and you lose a series. Like, that makes sense to me. Um, I see why you drop one game to Oklahoma and one game to TCU. I don't understand how you go to Kansas State and and lose to a struggling yeah, uh, Wildcat team. You know when it's when it's like an opportunity for you to kind of get going, and maybe that ends up just being their one clunker of a series um, throughout the year. But it's it's just piled up, and you know, I mean, I think there is probably a certain amount of everybody's giving them their best shot because um, they were the consensus number one team in the country going into the year. But uh, yeah, David Pierce has got to, got to find something um, for this group to to play better, you know, and, and start winning some series because you're running out of time here. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would say keep an eye on Texas. They're the dark horse because I could definitely see them winning, you know, nine or 10 conference games in a row if they can find a way to, uh, start stringing some dubs together. 
Quick word from our sponsors here on today's show. We are brought to you by our friends at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. You guys can go to BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. They've got odds for the upcoming NFL draft. I should probably take them beside a line to say, hey, will a Big 12 player be drafted in the first round? Right now it's looking like no. But, <laughs> hey, we could hope right over 0.5 Perry on Winfrey. I saw, um, I saw Brees Hall in a mock draft first round, so maybe – we get them set that line on. But they got all kinds of fun props and spreads like that. And also, you've got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs coming up right now. You've got the USFL is going on. Steven was watching my Tampa Bay Bandits run train <laughs> tonight on the Pittsburgh Maulers. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff. You've got the UFC, Bellator MMA, boxing, F1, NASCAR, whatever you want to get in on, they've got a bet online and betonline.net today. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, so, Stephen, what situation with TCU spring football? Are we doing a spring game? Are we doing a controlled scrimmage? Are we doing the UCF uh, QR codes on the jerseys? What's TCU spring football looking like? Well, we're doing a spring game. It's going to be uh, this coming Friday night. And, oh, yeah, they're doing the under the lights yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Under the lights. Uh, now, it sounds like it's going to be an actual sort of, you know, simulated game. In the past, under Gary Patterson, it was really just open practice. And Gary was so paranoid, like he would like he would sit a bunch of people out. You would look at the injury list for the spring game, and you'd be like, man, do they even have a roster out there? Because he would just sort of put, you know, whoever out there to get some reps and let the fans have a good time. But, yeah, it's going to be a spring game. Um, I think we'll get a, a decent look at, uh, you know, who's who on this roster, who, who maybe has emerged. What about that quarterback situation? That's what everybody wants to know, right? Yeah, it's that's the big question. And honestly, um, I think it's pretty even. And I think that's an issue. Like, I, I understand mm. that. I understand that it's very early. Uh, you know, the staff is still kind of getting a read on everybody. Um, but I really thought, like, I came into this thinking, Chandler Morris feels like a Sonny Dyke sort of air raid quarterback. I think he has a chance to assert himself, and he hasn't done that. And I think the the telltale sign will be: do they do they go after somebody in the transfer portal? You know, in in the summer, um, and that'll sort of tell you how they feel about that quarterback position. But I'm just at the point where, like, I, I like Max. I think Max Duggan is you know paid his dues. He deserves a chance. I just want to pick somebody. I want them to have somebody in place by the time fall camp rolls around because I think it would be really advantageous for this team to say, okay, this is our guy. We're right. going to build around him. We're going to form an offense around him. But they've been splitting the reps uh, pretty evenly in spring practice. Of course, publicly, you know, they're they're keeping it real close to the vest. Um, and it does feel like, you know, kind of a neck-and-neck neck race right now, which is disappointing to me just because I was hoping somebody would sort of emerge and, and take over that job. Well, how much that do you think is, is they're trying to keep one of those guys out of the portal? I mean, I, I think, you know, I think there's a certain amount of that. But, I mean, maybe it, maybe it is a close race. Here's my take on it. I think and we're going to get into this really in the weeds tomorrow and talk Big 12 quarterbacks in our weekly roundtable. But, um, you know, I, I'm with you on the Max Duggins paid his dues things. It just feels like for the offense that Sonny Dykes wants to run, Chandler Morris is a better fit. Am I wrong yeah. on this? No, no, I think you're totally right. I mean, Max, his his biggest strength so far has been what he's done with his legs. Now, yeah. I think he's been handicapped a little bit by 
um, the creativity on offense. But at the same time, there's just been a lot of throws that he's left on the table. And, you know, Morris, like we, we've seen very limited action of him. There are TCU fans that hit me up and they're like, this guy's amazing. I'm, I say, okay, well, we saw four quarters against Baylor, which was really impressive. And then we saw him get, you know, run over by Oklahoma State, and that was it. Like that was that was the season. Which to be, to be fair to him, you know, was oh, with yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not blaming that loss. In but no, it's it's really um, tape. Yeah. It's just it. Those were the two games we saw. So right. it's it's obviously a small sample. But yeah, I think it's I think Morris is the better fit. Um, and one thing that sticks in my mind, you know, we we sort of try to parse what uh what these coaches say because they don't say a whole lot. But Sonny Dykes did say at one point in the spring, he said, you know, a lot of times the players know before the coaching staff does. Um, it's just on kind of who they rally behind, who they're, who they're following. And I just wonder, like, I wonder if since Max is such a tough dude and he's kind of been around for a while, if, if he's winning that part of the battle right now, you know, if, if he's just the type of guy that gets uh, his teammates fired up, which is maybe keeping him around. But, um, yeah, I think the portal aspect is a good point because, you know, for sure, like if Max loses the job, there's no reason for him to stick around. Um, you know, if Chandler can't get the job, then uh, he's already moved once. Like maybe he sticks out for a bit. But, uh, yeah, they don't have a ton of depth. Like behind those guys is Sam Jackson, who's a fun prospect, but he's a, uh, a true sophomore. So, um, we'll see how it goes, but I, I would, I th- would imagine Morris is going to be the guy. Um, but I'm kind of surprised that it, it hasn't been more obvious so far, at least from what we've heard from spring camp. Yeah, man. I mean, there's some quarterback battles. I think we're going to see some guys go in the portal from the conference. TCU's got one going on West. I mean, West Virginia ostensibly is having one, but I think we know the new guy is now they've brought in JT Daniels. So I bet one of those guys probably hits a portal. Maybe is it Garrett green is, you know, does Mark y'all think, you know, hey, I'm out of here early? Uh, do we see Baylor, right? I mean, they got, you know, I think Baylor's got opportunity to have maybe two guys hit the hit the road, right? Yeah. Uh, I heard a lot about Kyron Drones and also that's right, Kyron Drones, yeah, and then yep. and Shapin. So Yeah, yeah. Drones is uh Drones is a talented guy. And I don't man, I really thought like when when people started saying, Oh yeah, it's a battle between Shapin and Bohannon. I thought that was dumb, and I still think it's gonna be Bohannon. But just I do too. I'm not sure it should be. What I'm hearing around the program, though, like Shapin's got a shot. I, I think they. I mean, I, like, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, he's he's a better player. Like he's a he's a more yeah. look. They well, protected I mean, Gary so well last year. I know people liked him. They won a lot of games at quarterback. But like you watch, you and I watched that that Texas game. He was not good at certain times in that game, and then mm-hmm. that game against Ole Miss. I mean. What are we talking about? Like he was awful. He was horrible. Yeah, he he kept old Miss in the game for sure. And if <laughs> if Corral was healthy, then you know we'd right. have to see He's if that Baylor that. defense could could uh, could hold up, you know, for four quarters yeah. in that scenario. But yeah, it is. It's it's fascinating, man. Like I don't I don't know who the best QB in the league is. I, I it really feels like you know the guys that you want to name that have some question marks, then you have battles going on everywhere across the rest of the league. I, we're getting this tomorrow, man. I'm telling you. So I, I was talking to somebody the other day. And we said, you know, hey, is, is Dylan Gabriel best quarterback in the league? He said no. He, uh, Eli Letterman covers both uh, – now covers OU for Tulsa World, covered Oklahoma State before, and he said, I still think it's I still think it's Spencer Sanders. Which So, like, I mean, you know, who the hell knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> 
Uh, all right, Stephen, uh, get you out of here. Let everybody know where they can find you and your work and all of its variety. Well, as you see on this great graphic here, I'm at Simcox Stephen on Twitter. The show is at Locked On TCU um, and podcast anywhere you get your podcast. And now on YouTube, been on YouTube yes. for a couple of weeks. So please subscribe to the Locked On Horn Frogs YouTube channel. I uh, would appreciate that if you don't mind throwing a sub my way. Uh, you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore uh, on Twitter. Find the show where we get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Steven, always a pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow night.